Welcome to How She Creates. I'm Kaylee. And I'm Lauren. And we're here to take you behind the scenes with all your favorite artists to learn how they create. We'll discuss creativity, tips, tools, inspiration, and life as an artist. We hope these conversations leave you encouraged to make more stuff and share it with the world. Again, and welcome back to How She Creates. Uh, today, we are here with Essie Ruth. Uh, she is coming to us from Australia. And today, we are going to talk about the heart journal and all about art journaling and using art uh, to express uh, who you are and your emotions. And we are going to talk about some topics today that um, are going to border on talking about therapy. And so we just want to make a disclaimer and let everyone know that we think therapy is awesome. And if you feel like you are in a situation where you need a professional to talk to, we would absolutely encourage you to do that. And so we do not think that art is a complete replacement for um, professional mental health counselors and assistants. And so we would absolutely encourage you to seek that if that is something you need. But we also believe that art journaling and art is a wonderful way to um, express yourself and to deal with different things that are happening in your life, good things and bad things. And so we are going to talk more about that today. So hi, Essie. Do you want to introduce oh, yourself? Hi. <laughs> hi. Yes, I'm Essie. I'm from Melbourne in Australia. Um, I am a full-time mom and a full-time maker of stuff and I really love art and you guys basically yeah (laughs) well that's good because we love you we love you oh yay (laughs) so I think Kaylee and I both met Essie through get messy is that right Yes, definitely. I I started doing memory keeping. And as I was um, sort of looking around on Pinterest and stuff like that, Kaylee's stuff came up ages ago when we were all doing um, lots of pocket pages, memory keeping. And then I saw Get Messy through her and I got involved with that community. And I'm so glad I did because art journaling has just been completely awesome for me and I absolutely love it. Um, And I'm still a avid Get Messy member and I'm on the creative team. And I've also started my own small sort of monthly project which are centered around accessing your your emotions, your heart, your inner self through art journaling. Yeah, tell us yeah. more about these heart journal prompts. Can you tell us how it got started? Um, it got started because I am a person who feels things very deeply and I have found that art journaling is an extremely useful way for me to process my emotions. Um, and like you said at the beginning, Lauren, it is certainly not in lieu of therapy. I also see a... Um, a psychologist to talk about like big serious stuff but I found that art journaling is a really great companion to that process it helps me access emotions on a different level sometimes words just kind of aren't enough for when you really have big things that you need to process sometimes you really need to talk about what you're feeling through color or through shape or through just really losing yourself in lines you know and that can be an amazing complement to any kind of process of self-evaluation, of um, confronting memories, talking about who you are, what you want to be. Because it doesn't always have to be negative stuff. It can be really positive stuff too, you know, how you how you think about the kind of person that you want to be, um, the things that you love about yourself, that you're proud of about yourself. Yeah, there's just there's so many layers to it and I love that about it. So that's the kind of things I try to explore in the Heart Journal. I love what you, what you were saying about 
accessing your emotions and your thoughts by things other than words because I'm really useless at words. So for me, being able to say what I need to say without using brain power and the side of me that's meant to be the side that figures out what words I need, that's brilliant. Mm. Words can be very loaded and sometimes it's really hard to find the ones that really express the essence of what you're trying to say or what you're trying to um, work through a process. So sometimes just finding the exact right color of what you're feeling. Sometimes you're feeling just an intensely deep blue or a glorious yellow and there isn't a word for that, you know, and that's kind of awesome when you've got that other, that whole other language to use, that whole other set of, of um, expressive tools. I mean, that's, that's, that's awesome. Yes. And it feels like yeah. there's no pressure with that. No. And it means, and it, it means to you what it means, you know, and it can mean something totally different to somebody else, but it's, it's your own, you can create your own unique language of expression, which I think is just so empowering. And you see that with artists who have really found their stride, they go through this process of sort of sorting it out. And then you look at people like Vanessa and people like um, Katie who have just found their artistic language and you just look at it and you know, you can understand them on a level that you probably wouldn't through having a conversation with them in words, you know, and that's just, that's really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to have to link to those lovely ladies in the show notes. Yeah. And then, I mean, you know, you see it in, um, you know, famous artists as well. You look at the way Van Gogh creates the nighttime and you just go, yes, I, I see how you have experienced this and this is not a way I would have seen the night before. And now I can because you've got this visual language, which is just amazing. Absolutely. Can you give us an example of one of your prompts? Essie's prompts are free, and so you can just sign up for her newsletter to receive them every month, and they they are really wonderful. And so, I think hearing an example of them would be a good um, example for people to know kind of what we're talking about. So, um, when I originally started the Heart Journal, I was doing weekly prompts, and they were I sort of found that they were a little bit more superficial. I mean, the res- responses I got from people who were were creating art based on them were amazing, but I sort of wanted to go a little bit deeper. So I've changed it now so that we do monthly ones. Um, And so there's four prompts that you get and you can sort of think about them over the course of the month and produce, you know, whatever comes out of them. And um, this month has been about um, the idea of cycles and because I've been going through a stage of these always come out of what's happening in my life um, because you know that's what that's what's pertinent to me at the time so that's where my creative mind is and I've been quite unwell at the moment and I've been struggling with um, frustration with my body and just wanting to get on with stuff and being really busy and just wanting to kind of push forward but my body holding me back and I've the way I've kind of dealt with that has been to look at it as a as a season and as something that happens in cycles. So I was thinking about cycles and then what came out of that was a prompt that went, okay, consider the spiral. It's a shape that has had huge cultural significance in a range of people throughout history. And it's also a shape that is mathematically interesting and it's beautiful. Explore the spiral in an artwork. And as you do, think about how it marries with the idea of life cycles. So that, there's quite a lot of ways in which anyone could sort of interpret that. Um, there's many points at which people could latch on to that prompt. Like you could look at the sort of cultural significance of a spiral within your own culture, or you could create a really interesting 
mathematically precise sort of artwork or you could get really crazy and look at spirals like back to Van Gogh, look at that night sky, the spirals are sort of happening in there. Like there's so many ways that you can um, interpret that and that's what I like to do with prompts and that's what I love about Get Messy as well. Like you, you get these prompts and it can mean so many things to so many people and, I mean, you know, that's what the artistic process is all about. Yeah, I also feel like prompts help you to recognize what you need. So your interpretation of a prompt, yeah, I mean, you you know deep inside what you need, maybe not consciously, but subconsciously. So the way that you take in a quote and you translate that into art, that's exactly what you need at the moment. Yes, absolutely. It helps you access things in yourself that you may not have recognized or you may not have known was there. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, what do you do about art that feels too personal that you're scared to share or you're embarrassed of or because maybe you have too many feelings um, and you don't want anybody to see it? How, how, do you, how do you deal with that? I'm a massive oversharer, so that's not a super big problem for me personally, but it is something that I like to consider for people who are sort of engaging with the art journal and the heart journal. Um my advice is always just you don't have to share if you don't want to. You're creating the art for you. And if you want to, you can just share like a small section of it, like take a picture of just your favorite little corner. And it doesn't have to be the whole thing because it is, it is, it's often quite personal what comes out of it. And you can surprise yourself sometimes with, you know, stuff that comes out that's actually quite scary. Or maybe you were way more angry about something than you thought and you don't want people to see that side of you or whatever. So you kind of, you do, you just take a little section and go, hey, look, look, I'm wanting to show you this, but the rest is for me. Or, you know, blur out the words in an image. Sh- share the picture, but if you've put journaling in there, just blur it out. People don't have to know the details. Um, I think people should feel very free to um, decide how much of themselves they choose to share. Yeah, and I, I can think of a particular art journal spread that I did. Um, it was a while back and it was pictures of, it was a magazine cut out of a lion, like eating a dead carcass of another animal. And underneath it, I had just stamped repeatedly, be kind, be kind, be kind. Cause I wow. was having a problem with someone at work and I felt so like, ravenous and angry and, you know, yeah. on guard and ready to strike at any time. And so I made that page and you would have never looked at that page and been like, Oh, Lauren's having a problem with a coworker, you know? Um, mm. and so I think no, that, you see that don't you? exactly, exactly. And so that's exactly what I needed at that time. Um, but people, you know, feel like art journaling is, is all of the journaling part. You don't have to write exactly who you're mad at, <laughs> or what you're mad about and what your feelings were because no. the art is doing that for you. Absolutely. And it's so interesting to look at different art journalists because a lot of people do put quite a lot of um, text in there. And some people don't, I'm a person who hardly puts any, I'll maybe we'll put a sentence or maybe even a song lyric or something, but I'll rarely put, you know, a a screed, you know, um, and sometimes we go through seasons with that too. Some people, I think you, Kaylee was sort of talking a while ago about how you go through stages of wanting to put heaps of text in and then stages of not really wanting to put much in at all. And it's, um, but I think text can be quite revealing in art. And I think that it can actually also sometimes be quite limiting. I think you, you sort of shut down the ways in which people, other people can interpret your art once you start explaining it for them. And I think when you put text on there, that's largely what that does. It starts explaining the, the visual 
yeah. sometimes. And that's not always necessary. It means to you what it means and you might be wanting to communicate. I don't know, you made something else to somebody through it. Yeah, and I think that's like the beauty of the art journal and the heart journal prompts. Um, I have this book by Austin Kleon, and it's the Still Like an Artist Journal. And in it has this really simple activity. It's just a bunch of triangles. And you literally just look at it and you reimagine what else the triangles are. Are they a hat? Are they a pyramid? Are they a pizza slice? You know, and you keep Mm. going and try and think of as many as you can to see things in a different way. And so I think that is what I love so much about art is that if you sit down and you think about, okay, I am mad at this person. What is another way that I can see this? What is on another way, another way, another way that you can keep changing it and challenging yourself to think. And that's where your art is going to come from. You know, when you're not doing the literal translation on the paper, but when you're evolving it and doing word association and, you know, thinking through all those different levels and steps and going one bit deeper and making connections, that's where the art journal comes out of. Absolutely. And it's so funny because there's something kind of really essential and um, fundamentally human about that process. Because I'm just, as you're explaining that, I'm thinking about a game that I play with our son is where we will draw a a shape on a page or a couple of shapes and then give it to him. And then he, you know, everyone's played this. Some people call it the Mr. Squiggle game or the whatever, but then he'll take it and he'll... um, turn it into something else. Like what does a circle become? Oh, it's become, you know, a ball or it's become somebody's head and it's this crazy monster now. And, um, yeah, being able to get creative with those sort of fundamental feelings or those fundamental elements is so rad. It's just, it's the, it's just the best. And it's wonderful to do that with children because they come out with all kinds of really interesting stuff as well. And then, you know, you get to have fun conversations and Yes, I feel like that exercise that you were talking about, Lauren, I feel like that is really going back to your childish artist, you know, once you've thought of all the clever things that triangles can be, you know, you need to start going to the basics and start accessing a different creative side of you. Yeah. And getting creative with kids is just such a fantastic way to be an artist because, they will make you see things in ways that you've forgotten how to see them or that you um, have never seen them before. Or, you know, yeah, if you've got kids around, whether they're nieces and nephews or your friend's kids, just like make them come to your house, get out pens and paper and just play because you it will make you a better artist. Absolutely. And just going back to the basics with that, you know, what would a child learn in first grade art class? Honest to goodness truth. I consider myself an artist. The other day, I could not tell you what the primary colors were. I had to Google it. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you start with. You know, that's the first lesson in art in kindergarten. And I I was like, I don't know. I like all the colors. um, (laughs) But Yeah. And so I think just starting from the beginning. And so I like challenge myself to work off of the primary colors and to mix the other colors and to make, you know, different things. Yeah. Cool. That's so fun. Yeah. It was such a good challenge. And it's just starting from, you know, the bottom and simple things. And and that resets our brain wonderfully. And often when people ask me, um, you know, how do I get started with art journaling? The very first thing I will say is think about the things that you used to do when you were a kid. Mm. and start there like if it was crayons then get your crayons out and just start there because that's what feels safest and most familiar to you and that's where I think it also allows people to access that playful part of themselves because it's 
it's such a short trip then from, you know, from holding the crayon to remembering what it was like to kind of um, being back in that place. And I think that allows, I think it sort of lets people drop their inhibitions a little bit and allows them to just kind of get playful again. And it's just that, I don't know. I think, I think being playful is kind of essential to being a good artist. And I think that's where you allow yourself to kind of be vulnerable as well and make mistakes. And that's also where you're most likely to access um, your emotions and actually do that processing that we're talking about that happens on that deeper level. So those things are all interrelated as far as I'm concerned. I think they're very kind of closely interlinked. Yes. Absolutely. Um, one activity that I do. So, so I am a, a counselor and, um, I work with elementary students. And so one activity that I do when we're learning emotional vocabulary and, you know, talking through what emotions are, those are big abstract terms for kids. So what we'll do mm. is we'll draw or we'll paint what an emotion looks like. So I'll say, what does anger look like? And, you know, yeah. kids will get black and they'll just scribble all over the page, or maybe they'll put like a big X, you know, but it's always, yeah you know, an abstract rendering that they're doing. Um, and so we'll go through the list of emotions and it is such a telling way, even for myself, you know, one time I, I, I did like anxious or scared and it was a bunch of like frantic dots, you know, and I was like, mm-hmm. Oh, that's how I, I feel anxious. I feel like there's like a million things going on. I don't know what's coming at me. And, and yeah. it's just a great descriptive activity to do even, even as adults, you know, when you're exploring, you know, yes. your emotions and your feelings and what's going on, just draw the literal mm. emotion. Kind of do it the, from the other direction as well. Like I'll go, hey, what does blue mean to you? Mm. And for some people, blue is a really peaceful color. It's a place of being able to sort of be restful and calm. And for some people, it's a color of real sadness. And um, it, yeah, there's that kind of other, you can sort of approach it from the other side as well. And that's really, that's really interesting. Yeah, those are fun. Yeah, this there's a lot of good fun activities in this lesson. I mean, this <laughs> this fun. There's a lot going on. AC, I want to talk to you about how you're so able to be in touch with your emotions. Um, I know you are very you feel things strongly compared to someone like me who who is quite reserved, even within myself and within my own brain and you know my own thought processes. Um, do you think it's a good thing to be feeling all of these feelings? Is it a bad thing not to be even like not you, you maybe not um, repressing your emotions. You're just not feeling them. Um, do you think that no. that heart journaling is only for certain people? Absolutely not. I think it's, it's like being an introvert or an extrovert. It's that kind of emotions for some people are just turned up to a higher volume. And I think like, there's, there's research that shows that some people's brains actually do just experience emotions in a more intense way. And it just there's, you know, their brains light up on the screen more brightly when they're presented with emotional stimuli. So it is actually just, you know, some people are just wired that way. And I think it's just a social personal difference. I don't think that one is better than the other. I think when people are really um, intensely emotional, they can be, you know, more empathetic towards other people in the sense that, you know, you just kind of recognize your emotions in other people um, more readily. But I don't know if that's, you know, really true, but that's something that, you know, I've heard people say. I don't know. I think, 
I just, I, it's just, it's just a difference in the same way that eye color is a difference and hair color is a difference. And, um, you know, whether or not you like coriander is a difference. It's just biologically, some of us are just wired that way. And for me, journaling has been a really good way of dealing with that. But, you know, there's an extent to which it can be kind of really problematic to have such intense emotions. Like, I have really full-on anxiety and I sometimes find it really difficult to deal with and that interferes with me living my life sometimes. So, you know, I mean, yay for being emotional and empathetic, but boo, because sometimes I can't leave the house because of it, you know. So, a lot of the time I look at the grass being greener on the other side and go, oh, wouldn't it be nice to just sort of live on a slightly more even keel sometimes? So, I don't yeah, know. It's really nice for other people, just not for you sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's a bit exhausting to be turned up to 11 all the time. <laughs> yeah. Is it really like how you said that um, some people are just on a higher volume? I think that that's a good way to describe it because I think that for me, when I go and I, and I art it out and I process my feelings, just because I'm not feeling them all the time or feeling them strongly or overwhelmed by them doesn't mean that I'm not really, really benefiting from processing mm. you know and and they're still real and they're still legitimate <laughs> and I think that uh, people people think oh well because I'm not you know tearing my hair out for my art I'm not a real artist or it's not legitimate and I think that's that's such a falsehood I'm pretty sure Elizabeth Gilbert said something about that in um, Big Magic didn't she she was like suffering for your art is just such a joke it's such yes. a lie that we tell ourselves that it has to be this kind of torturous experience if it's going to be worth something and that's just so dumb and I yeah I couldn't agree more yeah. Yeah, it really is. No, yeah. I agree. It, it's it's so relative. Yeah, there's enough yeah. heartbreak in the yeah. real world. We we don't need art to be we need art to be the healer of the heartbreak, not Yeah, or our refuge from it sometimes. You know, the place we go to kind of be away from that sometimes. Just go just get out of it and create some beauty because that's what makes you feel better. I mean, do that. You know, that's yeah. that's as valuable as anything else. Yes. Oh, you ladies are so wise. <laughs> oh, yes. I'm growing a beard just to prove it. <laughs> so I can look the part of the wise guru with my beard are and you my gonna wear a silly hat. hat. It's going to be amazing. Oh, you better believe it. Yeah, and I'm going to go and live at the top of a mountain. So people have to climb up it to come and talk to me and get my <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Yep. This yep. is my last All podcast. Right. After Anything after this, you've got to climb a mountain together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Well, speaking of living on top of a mountain, um, what are some of your tips, ideas, thoughts? How does art in, in, induce, involve, create self-care? How is that related okay. to a mountain? Well, because, you know, some people like have to go to be activist. quiet on a mountain to, you know, that's what their self-care is, is being alone and secluded. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And it is it's like a lot of the time, just taking the time to make art is, you know, an act of self-care, setting that time aside for yourself. I think that is, um, you know, the most obvious version of that. But I think you can also use art to... Um, to tell yourself good things, if that makes sense. Like yeah. you want to be, you know, tell yourself what you want to believe about yourself or what you want to believe about the world. Um, and it can be kind of self-care in that way. Like sometimes just writing just kind mantras <laughs> and turning them into art is something that I do. I, um, 
I actually found myself writing in my notebook today, like on two pages, just hugely, everything will be okay. (laughs) And that was an act of kindness to myself. Do you know, like that's, I just needed to hear that. And that's, it can be a way of pampering yourself, like just going into an art store and going, you know what, I'm going to buy myself five really nice inks. And I'm just going to do that for myself because I love myself and I know I'm going to do awesome things with them. And, you know, I mean, you know, you have to have the money to do that and that's not, you know, something that everybody has. But for me, that's, you know, that's a treat and that's a way that I treat myself, which is really nice. I always feel good when I do that. How else is it self-care? I think it's giving yourself space to feel what you feel, to explore where you are in yourself and in your heart, I think is um, is an intensely valuable gift to give yourself. And whether those feelings are, you know, gratitude or joy or um, peaceful reflection or whether they are something more turbulent, whether you're going through something rough and you just need to kind of, like you say, art it out. I think self-care is... Um, yeah, sitting with your emotions, allowing them to exist, giving them space to breathe, and then, you know, moving on from that, whether you turn it into something something constructive or whether you um, set them down on paper and then use that as a process of going, okay, I'm drawing a line under this and setting it aside because you're done with those negative things or um, whether you're celebrating wonderful, joyful things, giving your, yourself the gift of allowing your emotions to just exist. Um, and so not trying to repress anything, not trying to justify anything, not trying to, you know, um, push anything aside and go, just go, look, this is, this is who I am. This is how I feel about this right now. That's an incredible gift to give yourself to. Yes. I love that. Oh, that kind of. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. See, mountaintop, I'm heading up there right now. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And I think what you just said is so important. Uh, yeah, it's okay to feel those things, but you have to do something with them. You know, you, you need yeah. to work them out. You need to do something, you know, it's just not enough to just sit and be angry. You know, you have to uh-huh. work it out on the page and then let it go and move on. And so I think what you said is so important. Um, but I think also there's an extent to which, particularly as women, and I don't want to get on a super feminist high horse here, although I am an epically proud feminist there's that extent to which there are some emotions that women are not really meant to feel like we're not really meant to get that angry it's kind of considered a bit ugly and unfeminine and we're not really meant to kind of um you know feel the emotions that are considered to be sort of more violent or more um aggressive or whatever else and but we still have those feelings we just kind of are not really meant to so an art journal is a great way to kind of go no hang on a minute I am actually really angry about x y or z and I deserve a place to express that and to process that and you know sometimes making that space for yourself is really important and an art journal can be a really good place to do that yeah, absolutely. I love that. Just giving yourself permission. Like I am in charge of this art journal. I am in charge of this space and this book and these paints yeah. and I can put in here yeah. what I want. And this is my I, safe space as well. No one's going to judge me for this. No one's going to, um, you know, tell me off or, you know, think, think less of me because of, um, what I'm, what I'm putting here. Um, this is, this is my space and I am claiming it for myself. Yeah. Absolutely. We'll add that to our mantras. <laughs> I, I right love on the that. front of your art journal. Yeah. This is my space. Yeah. Yeah. So, if we're going to speak more practically, is accessing your emotions and arting it out is it a thing that you meditate on and try and see how you're feeling, or is it a thing where you've got your art journal at the ready, and as soon as you're feeling something, you run to it? How, what is that process? Yeah. Like? Um, 
definitely value in setting time aside to, um, and I think that's kind of like what we were talking about before with self-care. You go, okay, look, I am going to sit down for a while with my art journal and just see where I'm at at the moment, like take some time to connect with myself and, um, and, ex- and explore that. Um, and, you know, having prompts like like get like with Get Messy and um, the Heart Journal can be really valuable for that. But sometimes it's just a process of just going, hey, look, hey, me, it's been a big week. Where are we at? You know, and that can be really awesome. But, you know, sometimes stuff just comes on you all of a sudden and you're just, oh, my God, I'm so overwhelmed. I just need to – I need a place to ex- express and explore what the hell is happening to me right now. I'm going to go and sit down and do that. So, I mean, you know, it's a little from column A and a little from column B, but having that, that practice um, of, of, of setting time aside, I think is super valuable. And that's something I try to do. I'm struggling at the moment because of my health, but, and I'm actually noticing that um, I'm really actively missing that time um, because I'm not able to take it. I'm not in my studio every day at the moment. Um, I, I really miss it. And I think it's actually affecting you know, my well-being generally, like I'm really looking forward to getting back to connecting with myself in my journal on a regular basis because it's just, it's good. It's good for my brain. Yes. Um, I'm so there with you because with the pregnancy and with my pregnancy sickness and all that, oh my gosh, when you physically can't do what you've been doing passively to process your emotions and to process, I don't know, that weird feeling inside of you. It's tough. Yeah. It's that strange kind of disconnection and, um, you just, you just feel a little bit lost, don't you? Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's, it's not a nice feeling, especially when you have been in the practice of it for a while and you've gotten used to, um, the benefits of it. Once they're suddenly taken away, you, you really notice it. And I've been trying to, look at ways of journaling that work with how my body is at the moment. Like I can't be sitting up in my chair in my, um, in my studio at the moment. So I've got this little stable table that I got at Ikea and I'm just doing pen and ink drawing instead of with lots of paints and stuff that needs my whole desk. I'm just, I'm just drawing with a black pen on paper and it's different. Like I, I'm producing work that is quite different to my usual style and it's, um, it's coming out differently, but it's, it's sort of meeting that need. And it's, it's, so you can, there are ways to make, to make it work for you, even when your life is kind of getting in the way, I think. Yeah. Oh, I like this topic. Let's talk a little bit more about it. Do you remember the name of the Sakia table? Is it a table? What is it? It's a stable table. Like it's this little table and it's got legs. I need to buy one. Like a lap desk? It's a, it's exactly like, yes. so it's this and it's got the legs that fold out underneath. So if you're listening to the podcast, you won't be able to see this, but we can see a video of you. <laughs> so we'll just put a link in the show notes and you can click. Yeah. And it's too. fantastic. It means if I sit up my, if I sit up in my bed with my pillows behind me, I can have a, a, a solid surface in front of me and I'll sit there and I'll just, I'll just draw, you know, a lot of the time it's just flowers and patterns and stuff, but this, the, just the process of having a pen connecting with paper is yes. good for my soul. Even, even if what I'm, drawing is just ugly and doesn't mean anything it's still it's still valuable um and I've, I've had to actively make a point of doing that I did it in hospital too I made my partner Sarah Jane I made her bring me um my portable watercolors and the nurses gave me such funny looks because I had the, the cup I was supposed to be using to drink out of I was using as a as um a paint water cup and they got so annoyed with me every time they brought me fresh water it came out looking like gray <laughs> and I was like look I need to do this I'm really sorry but I can't I can't just lie here I have to be making something so yeah you make it work if you can 
there are yeah, ways. That's, that's true. And I like the idea that you're doing stuff that's different to your regular style because you're exploring a different side of your part, a different yes. part of yourself as well. Yeah. And my favorite, oh, this makes me think of my favorite, favorite of all time musician who, um, his name's Luca Bloom. He's a, uh, an Irish sort of folk musician. And he used to have this intense strumming style that was like really, really, really full on. Like I, I wanted to play like him and I never could because he was just so fast. And um, he developed tendonitis. And so he couldn't play the way he used to play anymore. And he developed a whole new style. He started playing really soft um, Spanish guitar and he released this new album of beautiful lullabies. And this is fantastic way of looking at like, he couldn't produce the music that was him anymore. So he changed what his music was and it was still beautiful. It was just something different. So just because you get sick or just because, you know, you have a baby and you've suddenly got like zero time doesn't mean you can't find a way to get that art out somehow. Yeah. It just changes. Yeah, that's who we are as, as humans. Yeah. yeah, we're resilient. Yeah, and it comes back to that seasons thing, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. And it comes back to that, that sort of cycles and seasons thing where like, yeah, you know what, this is what I'm doing right now. I'm tending to a newborn and that means that my creative time looks really different, but that doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Or, you know, I am really unwell right now and I can't sit up, but I will find a way. Or, you know, maybe I'm not producing massive paintings anymore. Maybe I'm just doing you know, little sketches and that's okay. It's all, it's all valuable. Well, thank you so much for spending time with us, Essie. It is always an absolute gem and a treat when we get to chat with you. Likewise. Um, I love chatting. (laughs) So I think this episode has been jam packed with awesome tips and ideas and activities um, and just general encouragement to feel what you're feeling and to get that out on paper some way. And so I cannot wait to see the art and the art journal pages that are going to come out of this conversation. And so if you are making stuff, uh, make sure you're tagging us on Instagram and using the how she creates hashtag. Um, And we're all on Instagram. And so Essie is Essie.Ruth. So we'll have links to her everywhere so that you can connect with her and you can sign up for the heart journal. And yeah, I can't wait um, to meet you guys. Yeah. And so thank you so much. We're so excited. And if you have questions for Essie, she's wonderful. And I know that she would love to chat with you more on Instagram. So just let us know and we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye, everyone. I just love chatting with Essie. I know. She is such a sweetheart. Yeah, it's just my favorite. Um, So she had so many good things to say in this episode. And... Yeah, I'm just so excited for people to listen to this one and to just hopefully be encouraged. Um, But there's also so many great takeaways and good things to do and good activities in this episode. So I can't wait to see what you guys are making. And so if you're making things that we talked about in this episode, please tag us at How She Creates and use the hashtag How She Creates so that we can see. I think what I'm going to do this week is I'm going to make an emotional color index. So I love when Essie talks about creating... um, colors to represent your feelings. And so I think I'm going to paint a bunch of different colors and assign them emotions and kind of see what comes out of that. So I'll make sure I share that on Instagram too, under the how she creates hashtag. I love that. Yeah. What are you going to do? For the present this week, Essie is giving us a few heart prompts. <gasps> so I'm going to do those and I'm not going to tell you what they are. You're going to have to download them for yourself. They're going to be great. 
<laughs> spoiler alert, <laughs> not a spoiler. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, but I'm I'm very excited because Essie is a really amazing artist and she's got such a talent for being able to bring the emotions out of you onto a page with her prompts. As someone we spoke about in the episode, as someone who doesn't feel my emotions as strongly as someone like Essie, um, sometimes having encouragement uh, through art is a really great thing for me. And it's definitely helping me process feelings that I didn't know that were there, but were manifesting in other ways. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, and so I can't wait to see what people are making. So like I said, make mm. sure you're tagging us and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to How She Creates. We would love to see how you create. Share with us on Instagram using the hashtag HowSheCreates. If you love learning about creativity with us, please leave us a review and subscribe on iTunes. Grab your art supplies and we'll meet you back here next week for another episode of How She Creates.